Welcome to the School of the Word. This is Lesson 81 in our teaching series, As in the Days of Noah, titled Summary of the Book of Revelation, Part 16, Chapter 6, The Black Horse and the Economy. Our teacher is Alan Smith. Well, again, we do uh, welcome you uh, to be here. This church is a church that sends out people come to new life, and um, it is a little bit of an unusual congregation in that you have people here in this congregation that have a lot of different views of particular parts of Scripture, if you will. We'll have people here, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic backgrounds. And then as we continue on on our faith, we run into different expressions of our faith. This church is what we're known for is, it's not that we're loosey-goosey. It's, it's just that we have learned to respect and honor what Christ is doing in each individual. And we understand that he's not doing the same thing in every individual. We have some here, the, one of the latest, uh, I say latest, don't mean that disrespectful. One of the teachings that's going on now is the courts of heaven that's in a lot of, uh, with individuals and churches. I don't, and there's some in this room that are, that I think have been called to do that. My understanding of it is limited. So therefore, those that practice the, in prayer, it's an intercession, it's a prayer, that practices the type of intercession and prayer are gracious to me because I don't understand it. But I've learned, I have learned when it first came around and I was, because I have different pastors will call me and ask me what I think about it and all this sort of stuff. Like, and I don't think I'm the, an authority on anything. So, but I do know when that one came around and I thought, okay, that's, that's not this and it's not that. And I had all of the biblical reasons on why I thought it would be a good idea to shut it down. And uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, stand down, son. And I'm just honest with you. He said, stand down. I'll have to let you in on this. It wasn't the first time he said that to me. But what I knew was that the Lord was speaking that to others. He wasn't speaking that to me. Do you know he doesn't have to speak everything to me? But, he has to, but I need to have enough sense to know when the Holy Ghost is working in somebody else's life, and I need to respect that. And because I respect that in others, and some people he'll give an impartation to, and you just get it. These things in Scripture, I've had an impartation and I just get it. There's other things in Scripture, I have to do it the hard way and dig it out and learn it. Read the Scriptures, be like a Berean to see if it's true. So as a Christians, we got what I call the long form and the short form. Short form's impartation, which I'm all for, I'm a little lazy. Long form is you just got to go to work and dig it out. And so I just use that one as an example I've told people, and I know this intends to get a little bit of, I've been warned a hundred thousand times not to say it, and for some reason I don't take heed. I've never spoken in tongues, but I know people that have a real tongue. I, I can hear it. I know a real one when I hear it. I have not been given that particular gift at this time, but I appreciate it and honor it in those that have that gift. Is that okay? I hadn't arrived yet. I bring my wife up to give testimony. And I don't think you have either. None of us have arrived. None of us have accomplished all things. Uh, Trevor could give it a testimony to this when you're a medical doctor. And I'm sure there was times that he studied the skeleton system. And 
in those classes, I'm sure you would think that 90% of the whole body is all about bones. And then you go from there into study veins. And I'm sure you go into that class. You think, well, the whole body's just a bunch of veins. So it tends to be wherever God's got you at the moment, it makes that look like it's everything. Are you with me? And so same way with gifts of the Spirit when God's training us and teaching us in different things. We tend to think that all of Christianity is about this one thing because this is where I am. We need to consider this is God, what God's training us in right now. And I have, at 70 years old, discovered that there's a difference in, when, in impartation and then just there's learning. We have teachers and we learn. And God does it both ways. And I embrace, I embrace both of them. And I, but you can tell when somebody's got an impartation and you don't have it. There's no need being jealous. But I appreciate when those of you that have an impartation that I don't have, I appreciate it when you have mercy on me and you don't just grill me on it till I get it. But I think his church is known for that. There's some people here that believes God still speaks today. You can say, well, Alan, I thought everybody believed that. No, that's, that's kind of a new concept in Christianity. Believe it or not, the last 100, 200 years or so. And then most of the church, even today, still embraces that God doesn't speak, that He's already spoken in His Word, so therefore He's not speaking anymore. So we got people here that are both ways. But did you know, you, I don't care which way you believe it, you can still go to heaven, right? So what I've tried to do is see if I have a witness of the Spirit in somebody Say, I dis I'm like, I don't, it's not that I disagree. I, well, it, it usually starts off in me as a disagreement. But then I, I have to think, well, but I witness the Holy Ghost in that. And so when I have a witness of the Holy Ghost, I trust the witness of the Spirit more than I trust if I have a witness in my mind or not. Does that make sense? And so what this church, if it seems a little confusing when you come here, you have a lot of people that have a lot of different gifts, a lot of different impartations. And we, our goal is to respect everyone with where you are and what God's given them. And we do have a, and it seems as though when people have an extra impartation in their life, the nice part about being in leadership here, and you can tell it's led by the Holy Ghost, is because they don't push their agenda, that agenda on us as leaders. I know what Jackie and Dan's call is, uh, their impartation is. When you get an impartation, you'll think it's so plain, everybody else must be a dummy. Because it's so plain to you if you've got a particular impartation. But you've got to understand, you wouldn't have it either if you hadn't gotten an impartation. And for some reason, God does that. And I think we can, through the Holy Spirit, I think it's possible for us to love each other and embrace the Holy Spirit in each other, as long as it stays within the confines of the book, of course. But we need to, to understand, to, to be able to hold back and not push your agenda of your impartation in a congregational assembly like this. I'm not saying your gift can't be used, but not to push your agenda that everything's all about this. As I've said before, if we were a Christmas movie, we would be the island of misfit toys. This is, this is who we are. And somehow they learned to love each other, didn't they? And they got along. And so that's our goal. And I don't know why I did all that, but there it is. As we continue on this morning in our teaching of, uh, as in the days of Noah, it's probably good that that introduction does kind of fit where I'm at this morning, I guess. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Last week I did some... I brought some uh, just information. A lot of you knew a few things maybe you didn't know. Maybe it helped to bring into a, a level of understanding what's going on. 
But I want to put a little, and what I was doing, we're doing the black horse here. And in the black horse, we have, we have you know, famine and we have all kinds of stuff going on. We also have what we call hyperinflation. It has a, the horseman actually has a set of scales. We'll read the scripture here in just a moment. But it's speaking a lot about money, food. You can't, it's hard to take the money out of the equation of success, failure, economic strategies because it is the one thing that the whole world recognizes is a moving component of control and ultimately equals power. So this is the black horse. And then I want to give a few little scripture here, what the Bible says about this. Proverbs 15, 27, he that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house. Another one, Proverbs 13, 11, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Another one in Matthew here is interesting. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and serve mammon. Now there is a, I'm sure everyone here can understand that divide. Now as we're doing the four horsemen in Revelation here, I've been kind of putting an emphasis here on the four horsemen. You can go back online if you'd like to view some of the previous teachings under media. I think it is, isn't it, Trevor? If you go under media on our webpage, pull down past teachings. The first one is a white horse. It means one that conquers. We know that's the Antichrist. Peace be taken from the earth, the one of war. Now, we have the one that conquers the Antichrist. Will there be an actual Antichrist? Yes, there will. Do we have the spirit of the Antichrist? Yes, we do. Third one, there shall be famines, which is the black horse, and there shall be death, which is called a pale horse or a livid or a green horse, a light green. It's according to how you want to do your Greek. All of those have pronounced symbolism. Now, just as a slight review of last week in early American history, Abraham Lincoln worked very hard to prevent the attempts of the Rothschilds to involve themselves in financing of the Civil War. If you want to know more about this financial structures that we have in the, in the United States, go back to last week's teaching and you'll have get some of those answers. And also you can do a lot on your own. Lincoln had a warning to the American people. Now, this was interesting to me. This is uh, Abraham Lincoln. The money power preys upon the nation. This is a quote of his. Upon the nation in time of peace and conspires against it in times of adversity. It is more despotic than monarchy, more isolant than autocracy, more selfish than bureaucracy. I see in the near future a crisis approaching that unnerves me, he said. Now look at that. It causes me to tremble for the safety of our country. Corporations have been enthroned. Now look at that. Do you see what that's saying? <laughs> Corporations have been enthroned. And, and I, this is Abraham Lincoln. An era of corruption will follow and the money power of the country will endeavor to prolong its reign by working upon the prejudices of the people until the wealth is aggregated in a few hands and the republic is destroyed. So we can see that this has been going on. Some people today, I've been called a conspiracy theorist, but I'm not. I'm a conspiracy realist. There is a difference. The Bible even speaks of such. Do I put a lot of faith in conspiracy theory ideology? I understand that. I totally get that. But that was a term that was actually created. I'm not going to do a teaching on when that term was created, but it was actually created 
it was created as a catchphrase, and our own government actually put it out, called conspiracy theorist. That is a true term, but he started using it in papers and all this, and then now we use it like it's, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, you know. And so what that does, it has a bad taste in your mouth, if you will, but all of that's been, we'll not get into all that. You can take my word for it or you can look it up. Now, that's Abraham Lincoln. Then I went over last week a little bit about the Federal Reserve. It comes to a shock to many to discover that it is not an agency of the United States government. You can look at that in last week's also. The Federal Reserve is an engine that has created private wealth that is unimaginable. It has enabled an imperial elite to manipulate our economy for its own agenda and enlist the government itself for its enforcer, which is a scary idea. But we know this is true. This is fact. This is not fiction. So it starts bringing in this idea, and y'all have heard this. Y'all, have, I'm trying to bring some sensibility to the terminology. What's went on in our country, Abraham Lincoln, he alluded to it, our founding fathers. Thomas Jefferson had a, a lot to say about it. But what it starts showing us here, once your Federal Reserve got its clutches into our economy, and that you already had the corporations back with Lincoln having one of the biggest voices in our government, in our country. But what happened was you had this control and power has been operating in our country for some time. And you hear the terminology. Well, this starts leading you to this idea. There is a, a hidden form of government in our country. We have our known government, and it looks like we have a hidden arm and then it's done through powers, they're done through money. Whoever, and I gave some quotes last week of who controls the money, controls the country. Uh, some even said, Karl Marx, he said, I don't care what your government is. Let me control your money and I control your country. So a few Americans know, know of the betrayal that was plotted on Jekyll Island, Georgia, that was destined to defraud Americans of their wealth opportunity and would eventually lead to the subjugation of our great democratic experiment into a centralized global dictatorship. And so it's not only that was going on here, it was also in other countries as well. That's a whole topic in itself, but it's there. Thomas Jefferson said this, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. Already they have raised up a money aristocrat that has set the government at defiance that issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the government who it properly belongs. That was Thomas Jefferson. So we can see all the way back to the beginning that there was problems in the camp. And they were telling us everybody's got a big problem with separation of church and state. They should have a problem with separation of state and banks. So uh, now I went over this a little bit last week and I've talked to several or several have sent word to me on the John Kennedy plan. This was new news to quite a few people. President John F. Kennedy planned to exterminate the Federal Reserve System and ultimately eliminate the national debt, as had Andrew Jackson, Abraham Lincoln before him when they did the same to the two Rothschilds organized central banks. Now, there again, you got to understand, we know that Kennedy was assassinated. Andrew Jackson had an attempted assassination. And of course, Abraham Lincoln. And if you look, that carries with it. And you, th- and you think I'm kidding, but I have deep concern for Trump and for uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., I have deep concerns for them because when this hidden government, it'll run through all of these different things to try to discredit and take a person out. Then you're getting closer to assassination all the time. I'll just tell you the truth. 
You've seen all of these different ways of trying to, you can be like Trump or not, I'm not even talking about that. What I'm talking about is he keeps succeeding and growing and with all of these attempts to take him out, it's not working. Uh, it's, I'm like, oh God, I know, I know what's at the end of that shopping list. But same way with uh, Robert Kennedy, there's already been a couple attempts on him. His family are, are against him running for president. Most of his family's against him. And, and it's put out in the press where they're against what he stands for, and it's not, they're saying you'll get shot. <laughs> you do you not know the, the curse of the Kennedy family, right? And of course we know that Robert, his daddy, father did, and his uncle John did. So none, nonetheless, we're living in a real world with real problems. And when it gets around the, to the money, some of the research I did on it, when people started trying, there's 81 or two people that has been said either committed suicide, almost in the teens, it's died in a plane crash. The day before, they were gonna bring information in, uh, to the House or Senate floor about having the Federal Reserve audited. It's never been audited since it's been in existence, even though that's where we pay our interest to. Federal Reserve, we say we want to borrow a trillion dollars, go to Federal Reserve. They say, okay, we'll give you a trillion dollars. Where'd it come from? Out of the air. We go back to our printing presses and we print it and we spend it. That's what inflation is. But then we pay interest on it. Who to? To the Federal Reserve. Who's the Federal Reserve? It's this banking system that's not part of your government. And if you have a problem with that, that's still the way it is. 1963, by the presidential order, John F. Kennedy, United States Treasurer, began printing over $4 billion worth of the United States notes to replace the Federal Reserve notes. So with a sufficient supply of these noted in our circulation, the Federal Reserve noted, and the system, and it could be declared obsolete. This would end the control of the international bankers over the U.S. government and the American people. Key word there is international bankers. We know that the spirit of the Antichrist will be a global thing. And so the international banking system is part of globalism. And uh, as far as Kennedy, he had a plan to do away with that. And I've shown, shown you this last uh, week. There at the top of that, it says United States. Note, somebody in here or somebody's got, if you go on the internet, a lot of people, uh, there's some article says this was fictitious. It's amazing how the internet will try to unsponge truth now, where it's been out there long enough now that it's amazing what can happen. There's a Federal Reserve note, which you look on your money is there now. If you look on the date, that top one, I think it's 1963. Uh, it's called a United States note. Somebody in this room had some United States notes. Are you in here now? I forget who it was, but they said, hey, I got two of them. It was given to them by somebody. But his idea was he was going to, of course, after this was engaged, after putting this plan to effect, John F. Kennedy was professionally assassinated in Dealey Plaza. The professional execution of the President of the United States is not the most shocking issue. Now, this is my point in saying this. It's not the most shocking issue. The high-level uh, coordination that organized the widespread cover-up is manifest evidence of the incredible power of the hidden government behind the scenes. So we're introduced to this idea of hidden government behind the scenes. It's a power play, I believe, it is the platform uh, that'll be used by the Antichrist. It's been with us. It's not that it hasn't been. Do I think the United States was founded on principles of God? The answer is yes. I think we have a lot of biblical ways and shows that we have accomplished a lot of good things. For us to think that the enemy hadn't been after us to destroy us, I think would be pretty naive, don't you? So we do have this battle of good versus evil in this country, but to say that one hasn't kind of entrenched itself, we need to consider. And there again, 
by these facts that I'm giving you, test them all. I'm not trying to persuade you anywhere. I am trying to aggravate you to a point that you'll look into it. Few Americans today realize to what extent the power of the Federal Reserve really is. And there's the, if you want to take a picture of that, uh, most of that comes from that publication there. Now, I want to move on into now inflation. What does it mean? What does it actually do? 1 Timothy 16, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So we know that this, of all the enticements in the world, uh, of all the things that entice mankind, money's the leader. And the reason is behind it is a hiddenness of power. Now we're going to go into this uh, black horse in verse five. And it says, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and a three quarts of barley for a denarius and uh, do not harm the oil and the wine. We've done some on that. But we're seeing here what was, is being pointed out to us, a quart of wheat for a denarius. A denarius signified a day's wages. So if you worked all day, you'd have enough to make you some bread. Now that doesn't feed a family, right? It feeds one person. So this is the black horse. Now the black horse, and we've already went over with some with the money, but now we're getting into the scales. Black is often connected with famine to eat bread by weight. It says in Leviticus and Ezekiel, uh, it gave bread and wheat was sold by weight, was bartered by weight is the reason of that symbolism. It indicates that the bread was scarce in this particular one. It says a quart of uh, wheat for a denarius and uh, three quarts of barley. Wheat is actually worth more than barley. Uh, wheat today is probably, don't hold me exactly to it, but I'm thinking around $6, $6.50. Barley, probably $2.75, $3 for a, a bushel. So that gives you... But you, but you got to understand barley's in itself is about two-thirds husk, where wheat's not. Wheat's basically, when you grind up barley, you got a lot of, that's the reason barley bread is coarser than pure wheat. Some people like barley bread. Gives them a lot of fiber. Okay. So uh, what is inflation? Now here's Webster's Dictionary. An increase in the amount of currency in circulation resulting in a relatively sharp and sudden fall in its value and rise in prices. So inflation is, you can go, it's amazing how definitions have changed. I went back to an old dictionary and you can come up some to the modern terminology of inflation. Inflation is, you either have to print money with a printing press illegally and put it in the system that inflates the dollar or your government has to say we want a trillion dollars and we print and the government puts in a trillion dollars. So what you're, the reason you have inflation today is because of this two, three, four trillion dollars that's been poured into our system in the last three, four years. That's what, that's what happens. It's inflation. People say, well, inflation is because the prices of things are going up. That's not inflation. That's the result of inflation. The only thing that it can inflate money is when you put more money into the system. Then that you can, it's like putting water in orange juice. It waters it down, right? The more water you put in it, the weaker it gets. The more money you put in the system, the weaker the money gets. That's what true inflation is and you need to see what it is. I call it the hidden theft 
All right, now let's look at some numbers right quickly. Let's assume 5% inflation over the lifetime of an individual. That 5% devaluation applies not only to the money earned this year, but to all money left over from previous years. It all fell. Now watch this. At the end of the first year, a dollar is worth 95 cents. At the end of the second year, the 95 cents is reduced again by 5%, leaving its worth at 90 cents and so on. Do you see that? In other words, unless it recovers that five, the five keeps carrying over. That's, that's what's, reading. you call it hidden. Have you noticed how you got so much money? Oh, hey, I got a raise and all that. But at the end of the week or month, you're like, what I just, I used to get gas and this and make my payment, but now it won't get around. By the time a person has worked 20 years, the government will have confiscated 64% of every dollar the person saved over those years, not by taxes, but by inflation. So the inflation's done, they're looking for excuses to print money. Has anybody noticed? Just give me an excuse if you're on this plan of destruction. Give me an excuse to print money and put in the system. Now, USA annual inflation rates. I'm going to do a few inflation rates. Now, there's one thing you got to do about these inflation rates. This one, I actually took this one off a governmental website, but you can be on different. They'll vary some. So you can say, well, Alan, you're off 1% on that. It's just give me a little grace here because I can go to three or four different governmental sites and they'll vary somewhat. So just, but get the general idea is what I'm after. 2013, uh, it's 1.5% inflation. The debt at that time was 16.7 trillion. Does anybody know what it is today? It's around 33 trillion. So, but then uh, 2013, it was 16, 2014, 0.8, 2015, 0.7, 16, 2.1, 17, 2.1, 18, 1.9, 19, 2.3. Those aren't bad numbers. 21.4. Uh-oh, hiccup, 2021, 7, 2022, 6.5. So far, but we don't have the full tally in yet. You're around 3.7, which when these new budgets, everything goes in, that one's going to go through. But the debt's somewhere around 33 trillion. Now, there again, the debt is somewhere around 33 trillion. That's the debt. In other words, we owe what money we take in as a government this year We'll take it in and operate, all right? But we still owe 33 trillion. Let me show you a little more. The true debt is over 126 trillion. You say, what? I thought it was 33. Well, you got, these are the obligations we've already committed to that we don't have funds for. The true debt is over 126 million trillion and growing according to Professor Lawrence cutting off a widely accepted expert using Congressional Budget Office figures. It's Congressional Budget Office. 33 trillion national debt plus over 93 trillion unfunded liability for Social Security, Medicare, and other entitlement programs. We talk about a trillion dollars today like it's, yeah, we've gotten conditioned to say, well, a trillion dollars if it's government, that's not enough. Let's put it in perspective here. The federal government spent 6.27 trillion in 2022. That was our, our budget money spent. This means federal spending was equal to 25% of the total gross domestic product or the GDP or economic activity of the United States that year. So everything that we did last year, the money into the GDP was generated by our government. Now, I want you to see 6.27. Now, you know, we just, they just voted on a somewhat of a budget that still got to go through Senate, I think, but it was six-something. McKinsey's Global Institute calculates that the total wealth of the world is estimated to be a little over $454 trillion. Do you, you get that? That's the whole world. And we probably owe 126 trillion. We owe probably a 25 to 30% of what the whole world will bring. We owe it. 
Does that get it in perspective a little bit? If somebody bought all the assets on the whole globe. Now, that's a little staggering to me. At 126 trillion, which that number is not going to be exactly right, and you can go up or down a little bit, probably up a good bit more, but I tried to stay very conservative. The current U.S. physical gap is 30% of all the accumulated wealth existing in the world today. Just trying to keep it in perspective, hyperinflation. Uh, we saw it happen repeatedly at 20th century, 21. Poland, food prices doubled every 19 days. Germany doubled every four days. 44 in Greece, they doubled every four days. Hungary, 46, they, uh, they doubled. Food prices doubled every 15 hours. We've also seen government-engineered famines more recently. Now, this is, is what concerns me. You see, usually you have famines because of crisis. You have floods, tsunamis. A drought. This is why you have a phantom, famine. But now we've got government-generated famine. This is a new idea, perhaps, but this leads us there again into this situation where the Antichrist is going to be the savior of the world. In 1982 in Mexico, the inflation rate was so high that the price of food was up 100 times higher in 12 months. 89 Argentina, the peso was devalued three times, driving food prices up 3,000% in a single year. Brazil, inflation ranged from 2,000% per year, making food more than 20 times more expensive. Has anybody noticed at the grocery store lately? You know, come out with, I went, I got a little something for the office and last week when I carried a little, just one of them little bags. And it was, it just dawned on me, that bag said, made out of material that won't harm the earth. I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like this, deep biodegradable, all that. And, and it was full of mustard and plastic, ketchup and plastic. All the containers that I was carrying in that biodegradable bag was plastic. I'm like, is somebody trying to mess with my brain? So I feel good about myself because that has nothing to do with this, but I, it just kind of crawled up my back for some reason, biodegradable bag. And I'm like, okay, hyperinflation is a global problem. The European Union has printed 503 billion euros Japan, 880 trillion. Uh, there you go, UK. Those are numbers. How much is one trillion? What if you paid, and I mentioned this last week, what if you paid back what you owe at the rate of $1 per second? How many days would it take? That sounds like it'd be pretty fast. If you want to pay back a million dollars at a dollar a second, taking 12 days, well, I mean, that's acceptable. I can go for that. If I got to pay back a billion dollars, well, that's just a step over a million. That shouldn't be too bad. Takes 32 years. What happened? Right? I mean, that's almost, when you say a million and go to a billion, that billion's more than a million, but it's, you'd almost say, well, it should be 10 times 12 days. No, it, it doesn't work. The zeros don't work that way. I'll just go to a trillion. Take 32,000 years. We owe 33 trillion. I'm just trying, trying to bring it all into reality of where we are and how much you want to be plugged into this system. I had a, uh, a guy come up to me this morning and say, Alan, we were borrowing money to build a new house. And uh, after your message last week, I went back and canceled the loan. I said, praise God. Anyway, but I, I just want to get into perspective a little bit. What is, when we say, oh, we got, well, we owe 33 trillion. Well, as a, you know, as, as a member of the United States, I'm sitting back as a citizen and say, well, that is just government. That, that's not much money. But when we put it into perspective, we're being in running the ground on purpose very quickly. What if you made a dollar a second? If you made a dollar a second, you would be a millionaire in 12 days, a millionaire in 32 years, and a trillionaire in 32, uh, 31,000. Well, I should have put 32,000 years. Works the same way both ways, but nonetheless. It seems that this darkness is invading throughout the highest levels of government. The entertainment industry celebrates every imaginable evil. 
and attacks all family values. Have you seen that? It's amazing to me. Our schools today, we have indoctrination, not education. Something switched. We're being indoctrinated instead of educated, even in many of our churches. Every day, the depths of individuals of our country grow larger and larger, far passing any reality. And I'm going to have to hush. The Bible instructs us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, and I'll, I will pick up here next week. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. You see that? That indicates he could, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And why do I show you this information? Is so that we won't be ignorant. Of, part of my job description is that you'll not be ignorant of his devices, and I believe these are his devices. You test it. You come to your own conclusions. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. Ephesians 6, 12, For we wrestle not against blood, flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. There again, I'm not even saying the Scriptures tell me to be aware of what's going on. Now, I'm not saying I'm supposed to go out here and get me an army and do something about it. I've not been instructed on that. But I am saying what I'm saying. We're to be aware of what's going on around us. So Satan doesn't take advantage of us. And there again, I just set before you a lot of homework to look at. And to, I promise you, if you check it out, you'll be more enlightened than you are even right now. Okay. All right. I haven't given you anything to, shame, uh, to swing from the chandeliers about, but the good news is we're not part of that system. Amen. The good news is, and I'll get into it, We've got the four horsemen there. We've got white, red, black, green. But then there's another white horse that shows up on the scene. And with that white horse, when he shows up on the scene, that's who we have signed up with. And he doesn't want us to be ignorant of Satan's devices. That's all. I have to believe that it's possible for us not to be ignorant. That's all. I have to believe that because the Scripture says that. So evidently, the Lord doesn't want me to be ignorant, and that somehow will help me in how to respond in this day in which we're living. But I won't respond correctly if I'm not aware of what the enemy's about in this day. Does that make sense? All right, let's stand. We'll go into our next part of the service, which is worship. There again, if you would, just test what I've said. Take it to the Lord and to the Spirit. Test it. I'm not saying everything I've said has been perfect, but I promise you everything I've said is not wrong. Just test it. So, Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this day. I thank you for this people. Help us to be aware of the devices of the enemy and help us to be aware of the provisions of the King of glory. We worship you today, O oh God. The more we see what the enemy has done, the more we want to worship you and thank you for what you have done and are doing. So be with us. Be with Trevor as he brings the word this morning. Bless him. Be with Pastor Steve and Kelly and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.